listening to Sports Radio Detroit. To grave discussions. I am one half of your host duo, Barnabas. And I am the other half, Samael. Welcome to episode 95, Your Deepest Desires. The plane, the plane, uh, which unfortunately was not in this movie. But yeah, today, guys, we are going to be discussing the, the thing that you wish for the most. And there's an island we're going to be talking about Fantasy Island <laughs> that just came out from Blumhouse. Uh, that's coming up in our main segment. We're going to do uh, as much of a spoiler-free review as possible since it did just come out. Yes. Voice some uh, frustrations that, that we had. Uh, it's going to be a long night. <laughs> it's going to be a very long night. So uh, first, as always, of course, we have to give a shout-out to our gracious host network, Sports Radio Detroit. And you can find Sports Radio Detroit on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook if you just look up SRD Sports Radio Detroit. Or you can head on over to sportsradiodetroit.com. Check out some cool merch, too. Oh, yes. Uh, There's a cool little thing going on with SRD and Fanatics, I believe, still. Uh, So if you go buy any Detroit uh, sports-based merchandise, you'll be helping us out. So go check them out and the other great podcasts. Uh, but like we do every week, fiends, we have to start off with what's been going on in the world of horror. Uh, now this week I think is a little light. There have been some other cool announcements, like there's a Castlevania season three trailer and there's, uh, some potential Lucifer season six talks, but that's still, I think yet to be confirmed, but we're going to start off with, uh, what I thought was a pretty cool announcement. So Alex Aya, Aja just uh, directed Crawl, which made my top ten list last year at least. That Still was good haven't one. seen it. It was it was good honestly. You know it was a good isolated kind of thriller, um, but with some good horror elements in there. He's going to be producing uh, a new film that also kind of has that claustrophobic element to it called O2. Yeah, some chick wakes up in some sort of like cryogenic pod and she has like 90 minutes of oxygen or whatever she has to figure out what the hell is going on who is she and why is she there yeah kind of sounds to me like that um i think it was called buried with uh ryan reynolds yeah i don't know if you've seen that yeah i've seen it actually pretty good movie this sounds very similar to that but it'll probably have an interesting twist i'm guessing the director is going to be frank calfoon uh, who did P2, Amityville, The Awakening, and Maniac. I've seen an, all of those except for Amityville, The Awakening, but I think you did see that, didn't you? I, I enjoyed it. Okay, cool. He, he seems like a pretty trustworthy director to me. P2 was cool because it was another kind of isolated incident sort of thing. Is that the elevator one? That is not the elevator one, but it's one where uh, this woman gets trapped in a like a parking structure, like on one floor of this parking structure, and there's this like guy that 
harasses her and like goes after her that sounds cool it's well not good. the situation with the movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'd love to get trapped in a parking structure why wouldn't you creep yeah no it's good i mean the has good tension uh pretty good cinematography the acting's really good so um i'm i'm interested in this one and and numi uh i don't know how, i never know how to say her name numi rapace i think um who starred in prometheus she's going to be the lead in this one okay that's cool yeah so uh there's no date info or anything like that yet but we'll let you guys know if there is next up i thought this was pretty interesting this is pretty cool (laughs) what's going on sam so stephen king's son sawyer spielberg weird name i must say weird name you gave him a last name as his first name (laughs) but uh he's gonna be starring in a horror movie directed by Devereaux Milburn. Is it Milburn? It's Milburn. I I like that you got Devereaux, but you're like, Milburn? (laughs) I I couldn't see if that was O or U. My screen's cracked. Ah, Milburn, yeah. Uh, So it's the movie Him and His Girlfriend or whatever. um, They they seek shelter uh, with a farmer and her weird-ass son. And then, like, they start seeing shit. And uh, it's described as, like, a feverish horror film. So, like... I guess along the lines of like Mandy or something like that. Yeah. Um, Apparently, it's being described as a modern day Hansel and Here Gretel story. Here we go. Story. What were we just talking about? Yeah. Hansel and Gretel. There you go. So, Can we like stop? But it it sounds like, or and other people have said, it's going to be like that type of movie, maybe like in theme, but not like a adaptation or anything. But one thing in the description as well, it says they have strange cravings. So some people think that this might be like a vampire thing or like a cannibal thing, which would be interesting. Or like a psychic cannibal thing. It's Mm -hmm. like, I spent the night with these cannibals and now I'm a cannibal. They have influenced me to be a cannibal. It's probably vampires though. Could be. I feel like because of the whole like uh, fever dream thing, it's either that or like they feed them some drugs or something and some weird shit happens. But uh, the movie's called Honeydew. And it's being uh, shopped around right now. It's going to be at the European film market. Uh, so we might, I'm assuming it's done. So we might see it like later this year, maybe, or something like that. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. This is going to be Sawyer Spielberg's introductory acting role. Uh, it's weird that <laughs> we thought he might be like directing it, but that's not yeah, what's happening. <laughs> I thought that was the case too. And I'm kind of dumbfounded. Yeah. But I'm interested. I mean, I did see him. He definitely looks like an actor. I think so. He's a little. He's taller than his dad. Um. So, if he has the chops, then hey, more power to him. You know, some people are like, "Oh, it's nepotism." I'm like, well, yeah, but you know, if my dad was Steven Spielberg, I'd be like, "Can I be a movie star?" Yeah, too? why not? So, yeah, but <laughs> no. Let me just work my way up from the ground. I'll star in indie movies that had a budget of $40. Like, no, why would you do that? That's stupid. Work with what you were given. That's what you do when you become, like, a cult actor, and then you're, like, 50, like Nick Cage, and then, yeah. then you do those type of movies, you know? But, um, all right, so that's what's going on with that. Now, finally, uh, this is comics-related news, which I know we don't this feature a lot. cool. But I thought that this was cool. You know, we talk about all horror here. Just we focus on movies, but this one is kind of both. Uh, so this one is going to be a new uh, Army of Darkness comic, and it's being called Death to the Army of Darkness, and it has a whole team of ashes. Yeah, and it's it's supposed to take place six months after the Army of Darkness movie. Uh, Ash thinks he's all done with the Deadites, but then they like 
reappear and like random deadites keep attacking him. So he tries to go back into the past to ancient Egypt to stop the Necronomicon from ever being written. And since Ash vs. Evil Dead is canon, we kind of know how this comic's going to go. Yeah, even in that movie, he had like the the split deadite personalities and whatever. Um, the one specifically Evil Ash, but um, this one kind of is going along in the same vein we don't know if they're evil or not but he's being joined by uh female ash williams who i guess is just called ashley williams yeah uh lil ash <laughs> is that like a dwarf <laughs> it's like a super super tiny ash like the size of his like shin basically um a, a doggy ash <laughs> skeleton ash and then Chaney, Ash's now sentient chainsaw. So there's who's writing this? <laughs> there's a lot going on. Uh, so this is coming from Ryan Parrott, who wrote Mo- Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, not the movie I'm assuming, but the comic, and Jacob Edgar, who did Red Sonia. Uh, yeah, and there's a whole team people who are comparing this to uh deadpool because i think one of the deadpool comics has like a whole team of D- deadpools or something like that okay okay um, i see what they're doing yeah but it sounds fun you know it, this doesn't sound like something that i think people would enjoy in like a movie but for a comic i think it's it's whatever because comics go into some weird shit it's like hey let's just make a whole team of this superhero and let's have wolverine team up with storm <laughs> and like a solo adventure why not it's like who you know who cares but it it's fun so i'm into it it's cool that they're gonna go to ancient egypt uh and the artwork on these covers looks pretty dope too yeah the artwork look pretty sick when's it supposed to come out this is actually coming out today oh shit. which if you're listening to this it would have been wednesday the 19th i'm hoping that like just any comic book store is gonna have it because I think they usually get, like, the Evil Dead stuff. But, yeah, you probably have to go to, like, a local comic book store. So I might try and hit it up. Uh, issue 1 is now officially out by the time you're listening to this. And then Issue 2 comes out March 11th and number 3 on April 15th. So they're spread apart a little bit, but that's what it is. So if you guys are interested, you could probably go check it out. It looks like it's going to be just kind of an enjoyable uh ride i wouldn't get too serious about the whole ash team thing it's not like that's gonna and this probably won't even be canon for the film series or anything anyway so cool cool yeah uh so let's move on to a few trailers here guys uh these are okay uh the first one is basically stranger things v2 but did you see who's like in the movie two of the kids from stephen king's it the newer one beverly and stan Mm mm-hmm and Stan's name in this m- movie is also Stan. <laughs> Meta much? <laughs> yeah, so uh, we're talking about a new Netflix series called I Am Not Okay With This. And yeah, it's got Beverly, like, <laughs> a.k.a. Sophia Lillis, and Wyatt Olaf. It's uh, it's basically Carrie. Yeah. It just it draws that Stranger Things comparison now because that is still happening that's like the pop culture thing right now yeah but for us we're like carrie yeah i noticed that too it it mostly because it's like that coming of age type thing yeah yeah. whereas stranger things it's like this whole group of kids and like this is big government conspiracy type thing 
Um, but this one mostly looks like, you know, she plays this normal girl and once she she's 17 in this i think yeah she said she was 17 in the trailer which is which is weird because then she's like well is this what puberty is and i'm like that doesn't make any sense yeah <laughs> like did you not go through puberty like, like three you know? fucking years ago <laughs> yeah so i don't know what's happening maybe she's a really late bloomer but she starts developing like psychic powers and it's kind of like her her daily life at school and you know all that so um I get the Carrie vibes from that, I guess, because she's kind of like... The outcast. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. It, it looks okay. I'm not like... Yeah, it's like teeny bopperish. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, at least they like swear and stuff in it, so it's going to be like rated R. And there's like a shot where she's like covered in blood. All little dickhead 17-year-old fucking swear. Yeah, I know. Well, that's why <laughs> Stranger Things is almost a little bit more unrealistic. than They don't swear yeah. as much, but... Um, yeah, I mean, this one looks okay. It looks like there could be some good potential for, like, gore. At the very least, carry Easter eggs, because that's what it looks like. Well, the blood on her and stuff. Yeah. It even had Steven... It even had It, the movie, fucking Easter eggs, because she was in a bathroom stall again. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, you're right. It was a different, like, shot, I guess, but basically... It'll be interesting to kind of pick all that stuff out. The actual story itself, I would need to see fleshed out a bit more. Because right now it's just slice of life plus telekinesis. <laughs> it's like, yeah, hey, I'd rather watch Stranger Things at that point. But um, this one is coming out on uh, February 26th. And they're going to be seven 30 minute long episodes. Next up, got another series. This one's coming out March 18th at 10 p.m. Eastern Time on the travel channel and this is that true terror with robert england we talked about oh yeah supposedly real things that have happened yeah it's but they're scary <laughs> it's it's like yeah stories that you would not think to be real but they actually are real but they're like some weird shit you know around it they're shady stories yeah no logical explanation therefore ghosts or aliens. Yeah, it's like ghost stuff, like cryptid stuff, monsters and things like that. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun. The, you know, the the effects and stuff, I was kind of expecting like maybe a little bit more more than that. But uh, it basically, it looks like one of those early like 2000s, you know, like science channel or like travel channel it really type, does, type yeah. things. Um, and like, like the CGI. Is, on Earth. Yeah, the CGI is not that great. Even the acting for like the reenactment reenactments doesn't look all that great, but Robert England looks good. Yeah, I'm just there for Robert England. Yeah, he looks like he's gonna be a good host. He's got that voice, you know, really demanding. So I think I think it could be fun. So if you guys have a travel channel, you can check that out March 18th. And finally, uh, this one is the most kind of like indie B movie thing on our list, but it actually looks kind of cool. And I always like seeing a new anthology. Yeah, I actually do want to check this one out because I actually watched the trailer a while back. And then I watched the trailer that you suggested today as well. And so basically it's going to be an anthology of slashers. Uh, it sounds like there's uh, some color out of space going on. Because like at some point I seen this kid in the trailer. He was looking at like this purplish pinkish light. Ooh. And then at another point they talk about a meteor crash landing in someone's backyard. Oh, okay. Interesting. It's either like a throw a callback to that or like a creep show type thing. Oh it's, yeah. It's probably gonna be like 
little bit of everything because it seems like a love letter to retro films because mm. it was shot intentionally to look super retro just like the barn mm. the sleeper and the lost after dark yeah i noticed that too actually i mean it reminded me of the the last couple things we watched like those halloween centered things mm-hmm. you know so uh but it, it looks pretty good actually i mean usually you can tell if it just looks like absolute dog shit this one looks like it at least has some some passion behind it yes which i enjoy you know like they I don't know if the stories are going to be the most like wholly original, but it looks like they're going to pull off kind of the spirit of, you know, what they're going for. I hope so. But uh, this one's called Weird Fiction, and it's got a May 12th release date, I think, but I'm not actually sure where it's going to be releasing. It just has the date, but it's not going to the theaters or anything. It was supposed to be released last October, but Mm. I guess there was a delay. Maybe they're trying to find, like, distribution or something. Because, I mean, it doesn't even say it here, but they may be doing, like, a DVD or, or Blu-ray or something. They should just go to Shudder. Yeah, I mean, or, or even, like, Tubi, honestly. Because this seems like the perfect kind of movie that would be, like, on Tubi. Who would watch it, though? You gotta, like, yeah. I think, target, like, retro horror fans. Like, so maybe Prime, but I don't know how Amazon works. I, I know they take a big cut or yeah. whatever. Yeah, no, they don't pay you a lot. I mean, Tubi probably doesn't give you a lot either. I don't think honestly. Tubi pays you at all. <laughs> they just take shit. <laughs> a lot of these movies are like, uh, what's it called? Public domain that are on yeah. Tubi. Like, no one owns the rights to them. Yeah. But, I mean, there is a lot of, like, really low-budget indie, like, B-movie stuff, too. Like, new stuff. Oh, yeah, there is. You know? So, that's why I think that it could, like, could be on there. But... We'll see. I mean, if there is more info, we'll try and let you guys know about it. But right now, it's just May 12th. Maybe they have, like, a site or something that you could check out. Probably. Yeah. So, that's it for all the news uh, now, guys. If you do have any additional questions about anything or you want to talk about anything, uh, we are always here to uh, talk to you guys. But we are going to move on to our main segment in just a moment. First, we do have uh, some messages from some other SRD shows, so stick around. Do you love pop culture? Discussions about pop culture? Ranking and rating treasured pieces of that shared culture against each other? I I mean, I do think Flea's a good bass player. He does what he does very well. And like I said, he's he's a he's like a rock star, you know. He's eccentric. What is so funny? What I just didn't like? know he talks so long about flea. I, I didn't know anybody had so many feelings. I do. So many. I got feelings. Music, movies, television, food, sports, pro wrestling. We are the determination of what is over or underrated across all fields of greater cultural consumption. Subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts and Podbean, or visit us at sportsradiodetroit.com. Over under fair. Your final word in pop culture relevance. All right, Fred, so the people at Sports Radio Detroit want us to cut a promo for Parsons and Slow. Want them to cut me a check for Parsons and Slow. Well, um, I've, I've Googled some keywords, and I'm going to uh, put them here in a promo. So, so here it goes. Ready, Fred? Yeah, uh, analytics away. Parsons and Slow. We have the content consumers crave. Listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, uh, anywhere else that podcasts are available or will kill you. We won't really kill you. Just listen to our podcast, brand new, every Friday on Sports Radio Detroit. Okay, I'm ready to do the promo. Oh, that was it. Welcome back to the Crypt Fiends. 
So as promised on today's episode, we are going to be discussing Blumhouse's uh, adaptation of a, a 70s fantasy TV show, Fantasy Island. Now, uh, before we get into it, I just want to voice my frustrations okay, and, cool. and, and reiterate, just, just reiterate again, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up when you go to the movie theater. Oh like, my real. God. Oh my God. Dude. So we stopped going to this one movie theater because there's always like younger people there talking during the movies. So we're like, fuck it. We're going to go a little bit further out into like the deep suburbs where I'm not used to going. And even there, bro. Like, the fucking kids do not shut the fuck up, bro. And they just kept moving around. They're in the front seat. They ha- they got, like, their phone screens on. They're taking selfies. The flash is going off. I literally wanted to throw my fucking icy at them. I was so fucking close. I was just like, you can't assault children. <laughs> I so. know. It would, it would be so easy. But they it's like they literally just went there to just piss people off. And that's just the worst. That's just that's bad parenting. That's bad something. <laughs> I don't know. I blame the parents 100%. <laughs> oh, yeah. Their parents are probably like fucking crackheads. I don't know, dude. But it was incredibly annoying. There were like 12 of them. Nobody said anything, of course, because nobody wants to like start some shit. But yeah. Anyway, listen, no matter what age you are, go to the movie theater. If you pay for a fucking ticket, which I'd be surprised if they even did, honestly. <laughs> then, you know, other people probably paid money to also watch the movie. So just watch the fucking movie and and shut up. Stop (laughs) being so obnoxious in public. Like, everyone paid to be there. Mm -hmm. And, like, no one paid to hear you fucking kids talk, like, every five seconds. Like, discuss the movie after. Like, have some fucking brains, because that shit's, like, seriously, like, very, very annoying. Like, it didn't interrupt me from hearing the movie. Like, I heard everything just that the extra noise is unnecessary like mm-hmm. imagine while we're sitting here watching a movie if i was playing drums <laughs> like, what the yeah. fuck are you doing bro stop i'd just, just be like yo i'm out <laughs> but i i had to watch the movie you know so i i couldn't just up and leave but anyway that that happened and it was extremely annoying and i i did fuck. lose my focus you know here and there i, I wouldn't say it made my overall like uh, impression of the movie worse or anything, but we can get into that. Anyway, just just shut the fuck up when you go to the movie theater and have some respect for yourself and, and other people. It's not that hard. I hate kids. So, Fantasy Island. Fantasy Island. Uh, is a PG-13 movie, so it's like I'm not super surprised that they were in there in the first place, uh, but it definitely kind of draws those, like, you know, late teens early 20s type uh kids and uh, i don't know i don't know who else it's really targeted yeah, they were like, targeted for because they were like 15 like i walked past yeah. them after like the movie was done and they came up to like my fucking throat like they were short stouts bro yeah so definitely for that kind of age range and probably for those type of obnoxious fucking people uh although there were like a few older people and stuff you know uh, as well in the in the audience but definitely catered toward that which is different from the series as far as like i was able to tell Mm -hmm. i've never seen the show but essentially the show is kind of the same thing you've got mr rourke he's played by this kind of older white dude and then he's got uh 
uh, a little person as his sidekick, Tattoo, who... Uh, I've never seen it. I've never seen it either, but... What, what was it on? Oh, I don't even know. Probably one of those, like, cable access. Like fucking CW50? <laughs> no, because this was, like, in, like, the 70s. Oh, God, yeah. UPN? <laughs> <laughs> it's very possible. Um, I'm not actually sure, but... Yeah, Tattoo would go up into like this bell tower and go to plane, to plane, and that would open up every episode. And it was basically a fantasy type thing. Uh, each guest would have like their own story, and it would be about like, you know, their greatest desire, but there would always be something kind of twisted about it. The movie basically does the same thing, except it's got all these like, yeah, basically CW, really pretty people uh, in it, and. It's definitely catered toward toward that kind of audience, but the the overall plot is kind of the same. Ex- okay, I mean, you don't have to stay one hundred percent true to the source material if you're gonna mm-hmm. make something interesting. You got to make it appeal to modern day. Have some mind fucks. Have some supernatural stuff because for some reason we're in the twentieth twenty first century and people st- are starting to gravitate back toward like supernatural shit, which I don't understand. It's like. We're trying to move forward here, people. You <laughs> yeah. want to bring about the apocalypse or not? Help me out here. We got to abandon religion. Yeah, I mean, you kind of go one way or the other, I think. But, I mean, people have been gravitating toward, uh, you know, supernatural stuff, especially since, like, paranormal activity and the conjuring. We've talked about this yep. before. But Bloomhouse has definitely taken advantage of that. They've kind of pioneered that, at least at, like, the mainstream yeah. horror level. 100%. I mean, I was kind of, like... I was excited because I thought it was going to be the death of their little supernatural genre mm-hmm. after La Llorona, but that was not the case, and I am severely disappointed that that wasn't the case. Not to say this movie was like, this movie was fucking trash. Like, it was a fun movie, I'm not going to lie, but it it had like the stereotypical m- movie plot, stereotypical movie twist, the movie mm-hmm. reveal, the movie things like... Uh, people reacted in certain ways that are very unrealistic n- not the kind of way someone should react to these scenarios mm. and uh, it was just kind of over dramatic as well yeah it was that you know like you're trying to be super serious but the actual like subject matter and the way it's presented is not like super <laughs> duper serious you know it, it, it kind of it, it's kind of trying like a bit too hard I feel like uh, and even like the the pacing, the overall kind of tone of like what's going on, definitely has that kind of contrived movie like you know thing, like from those fucking like like some kind of Indiana Jones type thing, except you know it's like a horror movie. I don't understand why Blumhouse like sometimes they'll release Gold, Insidious, mm-hmm. The Conjuring, and then like out of fucking nowhere they'll just be like, hey. You want a movie about a ghost that yeah. comes out of the TV? And the fucking no, not at all. I don't. No, we've seen that before. Well, we're gonna make it. <laughs> we've seen that before. We've I, I think seen it, that before. I think it's because they they you know they work with some really good directors and then they work with people like Jeff Wadlow, uh, who who directed Fantasy Island. He also directed Truth or Dare, uh, which was not good. <laughs> so why don't they just like? Fucking who 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 directed Insidious? James Wan. Have him do more shit. What's happened to James Wan? Why isn't he fucking? Because he's just producing now, basically. Oh I think God. once these people got like really successful in the genre, even like Sam Raimi, you know, the, I don't know if they're just like, well, you know, 
I can probably just make more money producing and I can be a bit more hands off. And that's what they're doing because I mean, some directors just stay directors for their whole careers, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that's how it should be. Like, I mean, look at Carpenter. Did he fucking give up after? All right. Halloween was a success. Time to produce some shit. No, he made the thing. He made the fog, Prince of Darkness, Escape from New York, Escape from LA, Mm -hmm. like everything. I mean, to be fair, he hasn't really been doing a lot of anything recently. So yeah, I can't really fault him for like, just going off to be a direct or a producer but I, th- I think that's one thing and then i also think that this is like they have like two two sides right two two kind of th- like plans going on here it's like well you know here we'll 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 get some good directors who are really passionate about the genre and we'll kind of let them do their own thing and and th- they're gonna make a really good movie for us and and that'll get our rotten tomatoes numbers yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. And on the other side, this is when we need some of that cold hard cash. You know, hey, I, hey, what's a thing that hasn't been adapted in a while? Let's do that. Hey, hey, which uh, which board game or which like oh, you man. know, uh, fucking haunted Yahtzee's <laughs> next? Maybe or like what you know, playground game can uh, can we do a horror movie adaptation of? And that'll be the money maker. I don't understand. I I don't understand why they're doing this. Like you know, it's kind of fucking fucked up at this point. Blumhouse has had more shitty movies now than they've had mm-hmm. good movies. Yeah, that's what people really say about them. It's like, you know, sometimes they put out something good, but they're really hit or miss, and etc. So, Fantasy Island, for me, was kind of a miss. I will say this much, at least. Yeah, I do think it was pretty fun. Um, at least, it's, it's like a good uh, popcorn flick, you know? Yeah, it is, for sure. Because it, it's not like you have to like turn your brain off, but it is kind of one... Th- of those things like the characters are pretty stupid and contrived and and just say the dumbest things like even in this one brax and his, his brother or whatever i mean i know that there are people that are that cringy c- kind of like that in real life it's like oh yeah obi-wan is like bitches and <laughs> drugs and money and stuff but they were kind of obnoxious not gonna lie like their dialogue you know yeah yeah and uh and that's kind of how i felt about like a lot of it but definitely had entertainment value i mean i think it has a plot that you still can follow you know and it's got that natural kind of flow from one thing to the other and it escalates and has you know an act one and act two and an act three and all that stuff but <laughs> it really feels like it was like super all over the place it, it did especially with like the storytelling and I, I mean, I don't mind if they're like, all right, so this is happening now. And while this is happening, this is happening. But like how they changed in between char- like what's happening to each character. Mm-hmm. It felt like, like there was no justification for it. Like, why are we showing this now? Mm-hmm. And nothing really like their, their stories didn't like, you could have put, you could have set up their stories in any way. And they would have crossed the same way without telling it like it did. And <laughs> I, I just felt like confused for most of my hey where's the soldier guy because we went like a whole half an hour without seeing what was happening mm-hmm. with him <laughs> you know, like, all right yeah essentially i mean at first what i thought it was going to be was because because they basically they did the scary stories to tell in the dark thing where they have like these separate stories but then they try to kind of make them all link up somehow and and then progress into this big finale which i guess makes some kind of logical sense but you still have to execute it well what i thought they were going to do was like maybe show each person's you know individual story and kind of leave them 
on sort of like a cliffhanger and then maybe bring it back at the end for like the whole, you know, resolution and them kind of connecting or something. But yeah, it kind of just took snippets of the individual stories and just kind of put them wherever the fuck, you know, throughout the course of the movie. And then we somehow end up, you know, with, with the final sequence and them together or whatever. It could have like, it could have unfolded in any way. And the same thing would have happened. That was like my main issue with it. Like, Mm-hmm. It, it didn't help the story like how they how everything unfolded and i felt like the dialogue was really fucking dumb mm-hmm. um seemed like a lot of the characters were dumber than normal people would be uh like i say they weren't reacting to stuff how normal people would react and it kind of fucking bothered me at times but i was more interested in seeing like what the hell is going on like the whole time you're like yo what's the fucking point of this mm-hmm. and like it did a good job at that like you you kind of like wanted to know like what's going on who set this shit up why is this happening <laughs> my problem too is like the main characters like figure shit out too quickly yeah they're just like wait a minute <laughs> for being so dumb like yeah exactly <laughs> yeah that's why it kind of felt like i mean i know it's it's <laughs> it's written you know that way and everything like that but it still doesn't have to feel like like it is it doesn't have to feel like so contrived well right? it did you know? but it, <laughs> it did and that's, that's definitely one of the problems so i think the structure itself was just not super well thought out i agree 100 percent. but it, it did make you guess i mean you could tell that there was something bigger going on and that was kind of interesting to think about and then i think that there was a pretty good uh twist at the end although the end itself was still super cliche and I, I didn't much care for that but no i didn't at all I'm but gonna, it is what it is i guess i mean and the way it was all solved too like simply like mm-hmm. I, I don't want to spoil it but you remember how right yeah and then whoosh, yeah. and it's like ah that's all you had to do that's really it yeah drink the water <laughs> and that was like one i'll say this much it was one of like the jump scares in the movie which that, that was another thing, you know, that they definitely kind of toned down the horror elements. Some parts had a pretty good atmosphere, I guess. Like, the lighting was okay. The set design overall was fantastic. Oh, my so God. helped a lot. One of the best set designs in recent years besides, yeah. like, Midsummer. Apparently, they filmed in uh, Fiji. So, wow. yeah, that makes sense. That's fucking awesome. I don't know if they built, like, that house there or if that just was, like, a hotel there or something. But They probably built it. They have money. Yeah. I mean, it's Blumhouse. Whoever <laughs> produced it threw the money in. It's like... Basically. Hey, you gotta pay for a fucking mansion in Fiji. Yeah, nah, fuck it here. <laughs> yeah, might as well. This is only this is pocket change. Yeah, for them. So that could be what happened. But they filmed that Fiji was great. I think that attributed a lot to the kind of total package of the movie, the total vibe, and you know, it, it was creepy in some parts. They used that kind of natural darkness of like some caves and stuff like that, which was kind of cool, but uh that was that was really about it otherwise they did use some jump scares and some here's a creepy face yeah, that happened, the distance a, that happened type, a lot type thing and it was uh, a lot of the time the creepy face was merle from the walking <laughs> dead oh, yeah. a lot of the times you think it's <laughs> satan himself right i mean he was okay in this i guess michael rooker but i mean he really i I wasn't expecting him to play like so little of a role and yeah, I didn't no. really care for his character that I, much. I didn't that. either. He was just like, he's just a guy that, spoiler alert, if you don't want to know what happens to listen, he's just a guy that sacrifices himself for the main characters. Uh, yeah, that was kind of a dumb part. Cause he's, which is really fucking dumb cause he's literally bigger. 
He's the biggest star in that movie. Yeah, pretty much. Straight up. I mean, who 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 else would it be? Fucking Michael Pena or Maggie Q, I guess. But I don't think they're as big as Michael Rooker is right now. But anyway, we, we, we could talk about them. So I'll finalize by saying, yeah, I didn't think the actual horror elements were all that great because they just relied on these cliche things. But the strengths really come in everything else about the movie. Uh, other than the horror, quote unquote, much. strengths. Yeah. So, like, like, well, like we said, it, it's not fucking horrible. Set design was cool. It kept you engaged. Yeah. But like, just it's not even little things. It's just like logical things that it's like, hey, that's not fucking right. Why would that happen? Yeah. And like, like I said, like you said, these people are so dumb. <laughs> like in like in little situations that don't require much thought mm. but in the situations that require the most thought they're like on it like, yeah it's it's really weird i mean you could tell that it, there are just parts that are meant to just advance the story regardless of belief or not but apart from that i mean i think some of the performances were pretty good too you know michael pena as mr rourke was cool he's usually in like a comedic role yeah at least from from where i've seen him same uh, so this was like a little bit of a turn, but I think he did a good job. I think he did a really good job. Yeah, Maggie Q was uh, probably the the next best performance in this for me. She played Gwen, who wanted to have her husband back, <laughs> and that, oh, that's, the the brunette. Uh, yeah, but where else is she from? I've seen her somewhere. She was in uh, Nikita. Haven't seen on it. TV, and she's been in some other stuff. Uh, she's, she's like 40 now. She's been, a, yeah, she looks retro, you know, <laughs> Maggie. Keaton. I don't want to say old. She looks like she has that retro look like I've seen her, but like in the nineties. Oh yeah. She, she was bigger than I feel like, like fatter or like more popular. No, no, no. Probably or both. Probably more popular, but I mean, she's like part Vietnamese. So she always looks like she's the same age almost anyway. Oh yeah. Asians don't age, <laughs> but she was in, I guess she was in rush hour two apparently and mission impossible three balls of fury. She was the romantic. Oh, okay. So she's an OG. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Um, so she was good. I mean, I thought she probably did the best apart from Michael Pena. Uh, Lucy Hale. You know, I really couldn't give a shit less about Lucy Hale still. She was also in Truth or Dare. She's like pretty or whatever, but I don't, I don't know. Her acting is like really so-so for me. It's like CW acting. And... Yeah, I just can't find anything super interesting in, like, her, her characters or her right. acting. In this one, she was kind of <laughs> struggling internally. I don't want to yeah. give it away, but... Oh, that, she, she did okay. The, yeah, yeah, she did okay. It's just that I'm not... I don't know. I wasn't a giant fan of anybody in this movie. Yeah. No, exactly. I mean, the military guy, yeah, I couldn't give a shit about him either. Uh, played by... Austin Stoll as Patrick Sullivan. Yeah, I mean, he was whatever. He was kind of boring in this one. Oops. <laughs> Ugh, yeah. Um, and, I mean, nobody really, like, really, really stood out to me. I mean, Michael Pena was kind of the draw because, like, Michael Pena as Mr. Rourke. This movie just wasn't, like, complete trash, though, as, like, everyone's saying. It got... Uh, bro, Black Christmas was literally, like... Yeah, it was worse. So much <laughs> fucking worse. And Black Christmas got, like, over 40% on Rotten Tomatoes, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, well, see, so this movie didn't really have it. Like, it touched on pop culture things, but and, it wasn't like, like things. It but, wasn't woke. Yeah, that's why people didn't like it. People want artsy shit or like super allegorical shit that has to do with something 
in like modern society you know yeah this was this was more so like an adventure thing which i do appreciate i think we do need more movies like that it's cool to get movies like the babadook and it follows and uh, you know all like get out and all these other movies that are that have a message and are about this like social thing horror has always been about that kind of stuff but you can also have horror movies that just don't focus on anything like that and they just present a story like fucking book of monsters yeah i mean you know i guess you could say in this one it's like uh you know be careful what you wish for and that kind of thing but it's still more so just your kind of typical kind of fun plot to to just watch and kind of sit back and relax at and just you know try and figure out what the fuck's going on and not really think too much about yeah, life and shit. Yeah, and don't think too much about anything in general, like, other mm-hmm. than the movie, because, like, I mean, honestly, good luck finding out what's really going on, because I had no fucking clue. Oh, yeah. They did a good job at that, I'm not gonna lie. I agree, I agree. I mean, that whole, like, twi- twist kind of thing at the end, I wasn't really expecting, uh, so they got me with that, and, like I said, it, it does have some entertainment value, but like technically as a movie there are a lot of things that they could have improved on i think and should have improved on and i think they would have had something that you know could have gone down as like you know a kind of guilty pleasure type thing i guess i mean i can't i i I can't see it because like what, what could they have done really like differently not make the characters fucking idiots imbeciles but but then it would have like panned out differently and they might not have found out what was going on or they might have found out too quick or yeah i don't know either way like i i don't think they could have i don't i don't think they could have changed anything to make it any better like i think it's just one of those movies you know yeah i mean i think that if they had gone in a in a more aggressive horror direction like tonally and everything i think that would have been a lot more interesting that's kind of what the trailer presented it as obviously we know that trailers fucking lie all the time just to make the movie look better that's oh, the yeah. whole point but I, I wish that we had gotten more of that in in just a more focused way throughout the entire movie rather than what we kind of ended up getting, which was a lot more like action packed and shit's blowing up and all that. And I will say this too, I forgot to mention this, but some of the effects, I don't know if you really caught caught it in a lot of those moments, but you know, when, when people were like falling and uh, I don't, I'm not going to spoil anything, but some of those effects were not good. I noticed them like hardcore. I was like, holy shit, that looks really bad. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't paying too much attention, honestly. Yeah. Like that's fair. to the effects <laughs> at least. Like I didn't give two fucks. Yeah. I think everyone kinda overacted in like the more dramatic moments though. Oh for that sure. was my one major gripe. Like I don't know, I guess it's supposed to be box office Hollywood fucking mm. horror, but uh whatever. Yeah. Like I know. It it's very like reactionary, like they, they just put dialogue or moments in just to get like a rise out of the audience that's fine i guess you know if you can walk out saying that that part got me or that was fun or whatever then i guess you know they got your money uh in a justified manner but i did want to ask you uh go (laughs) two two things the first is do you think that this movie would have worked better if it wasn't so much like scary stories to tell in the dark aka if it was more of an anthology kind of a thing do you think that that would have benefited it uh not as a hollywood movie because 
not many like casual moviegoers are too familiar with that anthology style but i think if they if they put some like more like passion and thought into it they could have like released it as like a serious like horror mm-hmm. anthology yeah i mean i can agree with that i guess that kind of leads up to the other thing i kind of had a thought about which was the rating itself i mean if it was rated r do you think you know they could have achieved that vibe better and would it have made sense would it have fit yeah it would have been better one no fucking asshole kids at the movie theater (laughs) yeah two more gore so we could have like got let down like more extreme like fantasies more like more like existential ones rather than like trivial shit and like i want money i want this i want that i think they would have dwelled more into like it, it could have been a real mind fuck this movie mm-hmm. like a fucking fever dream which is what i would have preferred but it was like solely based in real life situations you know what i mean that's what kind of made it like sort of unappealing for a rewatch for me like it wasn't like there's no atmosphere really yeah I mean, what happened was done in, like, a supernatural kind of way, I guess. But the situations themselves weren't, like, super interesting enough to to really be worth, like, you know, investing in or paying that much attention to. Yeah. Uh, and, and the horror stuff that did happen was, was again, kind of, like, tropey. So, I guess all in all... Tropey's I'll, not bad, though, but, like... It's not When bad. it's in a PG-13 Hollywood movie, it is. Yeah. Because, like, Hollywood shit, I want to see Hollywood, like, sure, stereotypical, boo, ghost, boo, haunted house, oh, a slasher. But, like, dude, stop using the same fucking formula for every Mm -hmm. fucking movie. I think the point is just, like, if you're going to do all that stuff, don't make every movie feel like it's every other movie. Yeah. And that's what it feels like. And it really does, honestly. Um, I mean, even though I didn't know what was going on, like, just the vibe of it all, like... It was just like Club Dread meets, uh, <laughs> what's a stupid fucking movie? Club Dread meets Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or at least it was trying to be. Uh, yeah. Now I get it. Um, I, I do wish it was a little bit more focused, but overall, I mean, it wasn't the worst thing in the world. It's, it's not the worst movie of this year by far for me, at least. So if that's any indication, I think you could get away with still checking it out but you have to know like what you're going into and kind of what to expect don't expect like the next great horror movie uh if you want something that you can kind of have some like mindless fun with i think this does fit the bill but technically as a horror movie i don't know maybe they should have just stuck to fantasy or just going full-blown horror and so i think it didn't really know what it wanted to be and there were just too many messy pieces and it, it wasn't structured the best, so I gave it two out of five stars. Again, below average, and in a in a popcorn flick. But I mean, you could do worse. You could. I mean, two out of five stars is fair. I wouldn't give it two point five. I'll give it okay. like it was. It wasn't half bad, literally. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I I think that's a fair rating too, and I. I I think that's probably the highest you sh- you should go with it. Yeah, if but, you go higher, then you're smoking crack. Yeah, but it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, it's the worst of the worst. It's not the worst of the worst. The worst of the worst is, like, fucking <laughs> Curse of La Llorona. Yeah. Oh, God. In terms that's of Hollywood, because I could fucking list off a fucking slew of independent movies mm-hmm. that f- looked like they were filmed with a foot. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, no, I, I get it. I mean, even the nun, the nun visually was okay, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, but uh, not really a great movie by any means. No, it was just super predictable, and mm-hmm. the same shit that always happens happened in that. Yeah, as this movie. Yep, pretty much. Uh, so it's possible that we might see a sequel. God forbid. Uh, but the movie actually, I don't think did amazingly. I, I did profit. Um, but I don't know if there's a sequel and honestly, I do think it's a a bit forgettable, you know, it it doesn't really have that lasting kind of appeal for me, which I think is also an important factor of a movie. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I have to say about it. Sam, do you want to say anything else? No, um, wait for this movie to come out on like Amazon prime for free. That's all I can (laughs) really say. Okay. Not even like the Blu-ray. If it's like five 99, at some point like go for it <laughs> yeah but honestly just wait till it's gonna be on prime or mm. Tubi. maybe not Tubi. Nah. i think it's because it's bloomhouse still prime if anything prime for <laughs> sure or like maybe hulu i don't know i feel like it could fit on hulu because they have all that other like kind of cwe shit yeah they really do yeah hulu can mm. probably hulu yeah but they're not gonna like advertise the shit out of it <laughs> probably not i'm no. like hey look what we got they'd be like hey, just put that in there i'll just <laughs> Hopefully no one sees it. No, because now it's got like an 8% on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. That's fucking wild, dude. So they're not going to advertise that shit. No, why would you? (laughs) No, no. Just be like, uh, it's on here if you want to watch it. Yeah, it's going to be on one of those like internet lists, but nobody's really going to advertise it. It's like, oh, Fantasy Island and insert good movie here, you know? Uh, So yeah, uh, we'll see about that. But if you really want to go check it out right now in theaters and you want like a fun movie, this is probably the one to go see, uh, unless you want to go see Sonic the Hedgehog, which actually did amazingly well, but I should have, I want to go see that. I want to go see it too. <laughs> um, so that's it for fantasy Island fiends. If you have seen it, let us know what you thought about it. You can reach out to us on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, just search for grave discussions, or if you're on Twitter, we're at grave disc SRD. And then you can also check out gravediscussions.net for the latest episode and so much more. Yes, and tune in next week on a very... It's not special. It's just another episode of Grave Discussions. <laughs> Maybe called Corner. This has been an SRD production.